It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley, and today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. My beloved co-host, Tabitha, has been sick all week, and we have not been able to record. So I have pulled in reinforcements for a little bonus episode for you guys so that we have something out there. So in the studio today, I have my husband, Aaron. And Reese. Little Reese is with us. Yeah, so I'm hoping we've bribed him if he doesn't speak and is quiet that we'll give him a dollar. So hopefully I don't hear him today. But um, we also have in the studio, if you listened to last week's podcast, I did a little name drop on our friend last week, and we actually have him in the studio today. So Donnie, thank you so much for being in here with us today. I appreciate y'all having me. This may or may not be against his will. (laughs) He was voluntold. So. It's all good. He's like, it's man, too bad I live so close to y'all and just couldn't resist coming in here today. No, so um, we're so glad to have him on doing a little continuation from last week's episode. And we're excited to get to hear his testimony. And I know that it's going to really help some people listening. But before we get into that, I have some questions for y'all. Y'all ready? Why don't we talk about the weather outside first? <laughs> What? This is like the nicest the day. We're going to talk about the weather. We do talk about the weather. This so. is the nicest day, I think, that we've had in Jefferson, Georgia in probably three months. It's been pretty this week, several days. Yeah. yeah very nice Saturday as we're recording this. No flooding <laughs> rain going down our driveway. No. Didn't have to defrost uh, the windshield I didn't, this Yeah, morning. I didn't have to. Yeah, no I always defrost. feel bad for those people that don't get to park inside the garage. Mm. I've never parked in my garage. Man, that stinks. <laughs> I had that I, I little. I had that little window of a t- time when we were living in the camper and I had to park outside, and that was horrible. I don't get horrible. the luxury of parking in the garage either. No, I did you use. Don't. I had a Super Sport Camaro one time, and yeah. that's a different episode for a different day. And it had a no rain policy, <laughs> and um, it stayed in the garage. But somehow, my Super Sport Camaro grew into a Yukon XL. <laughs> Um, well, which you're leaves into no a more Yukon room for me first. in the garage. So, um. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of we kind of bought a two door car. Pace had gotten a little older, but then I get pregnant with Reese, and it's just not just not feasible. Anymore. Oh, it's feasible. I don't know. It's I don't feasible. know what we were thinking. That was definitely not feasible. <laughs> it was not feasible. I that car. That car no, was not I don't for know Reese. what we were thinking. It was it was fun a little bit, but anyways, all right. Question time. You ready? Sure. Hit us. All right. Let's see. We'll ask Donnie this first, and then I'll ask you, Aaron. All right, first impression when you met Aaron for the first time. I think first you got to explain how we met before. Yeah, y'all want to talk about that? One of y'all, whichever one y'all want to take that. So what, were the kids probably, what, five? I think they were four. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. four or five, yeah. Yeah. So Caden and uh, Pace were playing t-ball for the rec department and everything, and I was coaching and Aaron was as well, and that's really when we first met. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I still had him until recently, and my phone is Donnie T Ball, and I just, I just you're, you're changed still it. Saved in my phone is like, Ashley Pace Mom. That's so <laughs> funny. I just changed saved. it because I'm like, oh, it's still I'm in my phone is Donnie T Ball, and I'm not changing <laughs> it. He said, I'm not changing it. So, all right. So now that we know, everybody knows that we met. You were Pace's T Ball coach, and him and Caden played on the same team together. What was your first impression when you met Aaron? Aaron was kind of serious. He was a little quiet. And then, you know, once you got to know him, he joked and eased up a lot more. But at first, you know, he kind of definitely just read the room, kind of fill you out a little bit. Yeah, which a lot of people that actually know you would be surprised for anybody to say you're quiet. But when you don't know people and you're in a, in a crowd with a bunch of people, you're just like, it's like a completely different person. <laughs> well, that was the time that it was like him, me, and then Tim, you know, all meeting kind of at the same time. At the same time. time. Yeah, so we're all just trying to figure each other out at that point, too. It's funny. I actually did this little, I don't know if you looked at it, actually, when I sent you this week, this neurocolors thing. Yeah, it was very long. I looked yeah, at a little of it. Anyways, anyways. It, it was interesting. But basically one of the things is it said that I was a, I was reserved. Um, well, I did see something so on there that, that said something introvert. about an introvert. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah, he didn't. So. He didn't take. You didn't answer honestly on that test. I don't think. Sure, I did. And no. Anyways, so same question for you, Aaron. What was your first impression when you met Donnie? Oh man, like he had this Mercedes Benz, blacked out hair that could withstand a Category Five hurricane. I mean, and not even it's move. It's pretty stable. Yeah, it, I mean, I mean, he has got helmet hair, which means he could wear a helmet and his hair would never move. There you go. I don't know if he's using Gorilla Snot. I don't know. Or I have what. to figure it out for Pace. When I was in New Jersey, it's funny. So Pace actually gels Pace's hair, and I will answer the question in a minute. But um, up there, you know, a lot of Italians use a lot of gel in their hair, and um, I had a friend that I worked with, and I was like, hey, what what, what, do you, what should I put in my son's hair? And she told me about this gel called Gorilla Snot. They actually sell it on Amazon, so if you'd like to support my retirement, go ahead and buy some. <laughs> but um, anyways, Donnie had the, may or may not have had the Gorilla Snot in his hair. And, and, you know, the first impression was, who is this city slicker coaching T-ball? And, like, is he going to take off the dress shoes before he even walks out on the field? But uh, I was completely wrong. He did a great job. But, yeah, it was city slicker to the fullest. And you coached the kids. How many years did you coach the kids? Five. It was a lot. Four or five years. Four or five years. We were on the same team together. Seven or eight seasons, yeah. All right. So, Donnie, favorite t-ball and baseball, because we did move into baseball together. Coaching memory together with you and Aaron. For me, I think the the most special moment was when we had um, a kid on the team that was special needs. And me and the other coach got together, and we all talked, you know, the coaches did, um, before the game. And the kid never got a hit. He's never got to get on base or anything like that. And uh, me and the other coach had a discussion. And when it was his turn at bat, you know, we was going to let him – regardless of how long it took, you know, to hit the ball and then run around all the bases. So that's definitely something that. that sticks out for me. Yeah, I love that. I forgot about that. But yeah, that's yeah I did forget about that's that, too. Than, I don't What's know yours, Aaron? <laughs> What's your memory? Um, so it's T-ball, I guess, um, if you will. And the way we do T-ball is no matter where you hit the ball, it's just one base. Yeah. You take one base, and Essentially, there's no outs, if I remember correctly. So you just bat around, and then the next team comes and bats. But my favorite memory by far was when Caden hit his home run. 
and yeah. I was coaching first base, and he runs down there and stops on first base, and I said, oh, no, you're going to keep running, and we cleared <laughs> the bases, so that was pretty cool. I remember when Caden hit his home run, so that was that was really cool. It's pretty neat. Caden's a pretty good little ball player. I had someone send me a video who used to work for me. Her kid was on the team, uh, Noah and Jacob. And she literally just sent me that video not even a week ago. Oh, that is funny. That's cool. Yeah. I go over there and you can see me smacking Kate on his helmet and almost <laughs> knocking him down. But yeah. That is so funny. Okay. So now we talked about the favorite memory. What is the least favorite T-ball baseball coaching memory together? Donnie, you can go first. Mine's got to be the parents, man. <laughs> Most of the time it wasn't the kids that I had, like, really bad memories with. I mean, I did have one kid that would always cry and sit down, and I guarantee Aaron knows exactly who I'm talking about. But for me it was some of the parents that, you know, would almost make it more negative than any kind of positive influence about playing the sport at all, just always riding their kid and just, you know, trying to be a little tougher and really what they need to be, especially at that age. It's crazy how much of that there is. And you're talking about four, five, six-year-olds yeah. and saying the parents can make it miserable. All right, Aaron, what's yours? What's your least uh, favorite? Mine until Donnie Morales. So, <laughs> um, I know where this is going. So I, I got promoted to third base coach. So <laughs> I was entrusted enough to be put on third base. Yep. And um, – I don't know. I like living on the edge. I'm a, I, I'm a I'm a chance taker, and um, in, in some cases, especially with kids sports, because I've just seen too many times when you run the kids that kids start throwing the ball around everywhere, and then next thing you know, we got to end the park home run and we've cleared the bases. So I was in one of those moods. I can't remember what team we were playing. It may or may not have been a close game. I think it was close. Oh, I remember it. And I. <laughs> <laughs> I sent a kid home, and I forgot. Slow kid. I forgot that it was the slowest kid <laughs> on the team. But looking at the kid, you would think that we, he would have some speed. But he left it at home. That oh day. man, it was awful. And I like I sent the kid, and I saw him running, and I'm like, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> Come back. Come and back. Donnie was pitching, and the look on Donnie's face—if looks could kill, I'd be dead. <laughs> And um, I was very sad at that the, moment. The kid, the kid got out, and then he looked at me, and he was like, "What are you doing, man?" Yeah. And I didn't know what to say. And everybody, all the parents were looking at me too. It I don't even remember, it, but it was. Uh, I'll never. Did you get demoted? That. I don't remember. Did you get demoted off third base after that? I may have. <laughs> I don't know. And then there was a couple times him, like. Donnie. I don't know. Like I, I know why Donnie would do the bat in order that the way he would do it. But I'd get frustrated, and he said, "Well, then you do the batting order." And I'm like, "Okay." So I then I changed it. Coach, I changed it. <laughs> yeah, good luck. And we were no better. So <laughs> mm. there was really no fun bad times. memories at the end of the good day. Times. Like it was, it was a lot, it was of, fun. a lot of fun. We were like the bad news bears every year, but like <laughs> we had so much fun. Like I love how we would we would lose to all the teams that we were supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. But then we would beat the teams that we weren't supposed to beat, so it was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, agree with that. Okay, so let's find out a little bit more about you, Donnie, so our listeners know a little bit more about you. Sure. What would you say has been your proudest moment? Definitely uh, when I became a father. Um, that was probably the moment I feel like touched me more than anything. 
and uh, more recently, you know, getting saved. I mean, yeah, those two things, definitely life-changing, both of them. Definitely, um, yeah. Okay, moving on. When have you felt the most challenged? I mean, I've been through a lot of challenges, right? So um, a little backstory on me. I was in the military for a few years, did a couple of deployments. So, I mean, I've seen those kind of challenges. But um, here recently, uh, I got divorced about seven and a half, eight months ago. Um, so going through a divorce after 15 years, it's not just, you know, separation of your family and stuff yeah. like that. You're having to find yourself again, right? Yeah. Um, so going through uh, the divorce here is definitely finding different challenges that you really didn't even know exist until it happens to you. Uh, yeah. You just become accustomed to a lot of different stuff. So right now, I think that that's the main thing that's really challenging me and just kind of going day by day and just trying to adjust to that. And we'll get more into that when we let you uh, share your testimony with us. But sure. um, who has, who would you say has been the biggest influence in your life? I mean, I feel like most men would say my dad. Like yeah. my dad, he's always instilled like, you know, not just great morals, but, you know, hard work ethic, you know, stand yeah. up kind of guy and just always be honest. Um, but, you know, here lately, not just on a friendship, you know, note, but also kind of, you know, guide me as far as like my religious, you know, path right now, you know, I've you know, had a lot of uh, influence from Aaron, uh, positive influence, you know, kind of guide me in just conversations that we've had and kind of letting me know a little bit more, you know, of the right direction and kind of just talking, you know, between friends and seeing, you know, what the right path for me to take are. I like that. So what's the hardest lesson you've ever had to learn? I'm still learning it. <laughs> I'm still learning it right now. Join the club. <laughs> and, and that's just to let it be. Um, mm. there's a lot of stuff going on right now. And I feel like, especially the way that I am, you know, always want to be in control of a situation. Sometimes you can't control everything. So that's right. you just got to let it, you know, be what it's going to be and then just figure out how to deal with it from there, really. So just mm. letting it be and learning how to deal with stuff you really can't control. I think that's a, a hard lesson for a lot of people. They don't quite know how to navigate that. Oh, I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> <Trust> <laughs> Every me. day. Trust me. I don't got this figured out at all right now. Every day. So what's your, what would you say is your favorite passage of scripture? So I've read a few, uh, a few here lately. This really stuck with me. And um, in Psalms 34, 4, 5, and verse 8. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. And their faces shall never be ashamed. That's good stuff. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge to him. That one's been sticking with me a lot lately. I like that. That's Amen. a good one. That's good stuff. Yeah. That'll That's preach a good right verse. there. <laughs> I mean, Don't get him started, Donnie. Don't that, get him that started. One, that one stuck with me um, for obvious reasons, right? Yeah. Um, it means a lot to what I'm going through right now, and it also hits the nail on the head with everything that I'm dealing with. So I read that one, um, and that one kind of – I don't want to say that it eases me, right? But it also lets me know that what I'm doing and, you know, the steps that I'm taking is, is the right thing to do right now. It can bring comfort. And it I can. think our, our favorite scripture passages can change from time to uh, time, it, depending sure, on what we're going sure, through. Yeah, what and, you're doing, yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's flip it up, Erin. I, I know you've been on before, so our listeners know a little about you, but I don't know that we've asked these kind of same questions. So we'll flip it and let you answer these. What would you say is your proudest moment? Proudest moment. I would say um, proudest moment as a father is, of course, both of my boys, right? Um, yes, even you, Reese. You're looking yes. at me right now. Be quiet. 
Don't move. <laughs> Anyways, um, proudest moment, honestly, you know, was when Pace stood up the first time in front of the church and saying, happy birthday, Jesus. Oh, man. I, that just, I still have the videos on my phone. I play it all the time. I sing it to him um, because he hates when I sing, and I do it on purpose just to mess with him, which probably makes him hate the song. But I've never been more proud of, of Pace. I mean, he's, we've, we've raised quarter midgets. He was able to win a race in quarter midgets. We've played sports, but when he stood up in front of the church, I, th- I don't know if he was five, six when he first sang that, but he sang Happy Birthday, Jesus. It just melted my heart. And I, I look forward to him singing that every year. He didn't get to sing it this year because he was sick. Um, but when Pace, because Pace can actually and, sing and when he tries. And Pace is a shy kid. Yeah. So people that know Pace, this is not in his wheelhouse, but yeah. it's, it's really neat. To I love to hear him that. sing when he will sing. So yeah, that was probably the proudest moment I've had as a father. Um, when have you felt the most challenged? I tell you, you know, life is full of challenges. Life is full of choices. But the most challenging thing for me, just to be honest with you, because I'm just as human as anybody else. Uh, I've got fleshly desires like anybody else. And uh, the adversary um, comes after me just like everybody else is to, to practice what I preach. Mm. That's very hard. And that was one of the biggest things that I was scared of um, when I announced my calling to preach is, you know, you get up there and preach it, you better be be living living it it too. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the Lord has has challenged me uh, through that, but he's been faithful through the process and he stood by me the entire time. And um, don't get me wrong, I've made mistakes um, and... You know, I've tried to learn from those mistakes, but the Lord has been faithful, and um, and and He's never left my side. So I'm thankful for that. What's the hardest lesson you've ever had to learn? I, I think I'm right along with Donnie. Um, I mean, I learn stuff every day, um, and I think every situation, whether it be good or bad, presents a a lesson learned. And my wife can't stand that I say this, but I'm about to say it again because she hears me say it a hundred times a week. Uh, Out of every lesson is an opportunity to um, implement something that's sustainable, whether to maintain that success or to put something into into play to where it doesn't happen again. And I'm all about sustainable processes and um, if they're if they will actually work or not. So. Um, she can't stand when I say that, but um, I tell her all the time, actually, that's not sustainable. She says, I well, don't that's work what for I you. Ha- I, that's you don't what have to I tell me if, that. I'm, I'm like, if like I hear. to somebody at work. <laughs> well, I feel like I've heard him tell it to you. I feel like I've heard him tell it to others. I'm like, if I hear him say that's not sustainable one more time. I've probably heard it about 30 or 40 <laughs> times in the last three days because of certain conversations. So, yeah, he definitely I says know. it a lot. I'm like, he's on the phone again <clears throat> telling somebody that's not sustainable. But I'm you gonna, just think about it, honestly. Think about an unsustainable. Yes. <laughs> Father's Day gift. Yes. Yeah. I, I will. I want to chase this rabbit for a second. But oh, you no. think about the things that happen in our lives and, and how we get ourselves in those situations or, or how we handle those, you know, situations. You know, there are always things that we could do better. Um, but it's all about like, especially in tough times in life, it's like, 
is it sustainable to keep dealing with this issue the way that I'm dealing with it? And if it's not, what are you doing to change it? Oh, yeah. Um, and so many people, they, they just, they want to talk about it, gripe about it, but it's like, well, what are you doing to get yourself out of the situation? So It's the definition of insane. Yeah, insanity. insanity. Same right? thing, yeah. And expecting a different result. All right, I got to stop. Well, that's what yeah. I was reading the yeah. same thing in a book today, because it's funny you said that. It was talking about apathy. And apathy is basically, you know, continuing to do what you're doing. And you're not moving yourself any further. So it's funny. All of that kind of ties in. All right. So now that uh, y'all know a little bit more about Donnie, we're going to ask him to share his testimony with us and share what he feels comfortable with sharing. I know last week, if you did listen to that podcast, I had just kind of mentioned that you were going through some hard times and, you know, we've been trying to be there for you through that. But we want you to be able to share your testimony, what you want to share of that to help some other people that may be struggling with the same issue you're struggling with now. Yeah, so um, last year, 2023 in May, I went through a divorce um, for, goodness, I guess we were together the better part of 15 years. Um, definitely, you know, something that, you know, threw my train off, you know, tracks for sure. Um, so after that, you know, i I grew up in church, um, a different religion, you know, and like I said, you know, to the pastor, it was a religion really where you fear God versus more of having that relationship and trying to, you know, have a more like loving relationship with God. Yeah. And um, so Aaron, you know, has got me to go to church and invited me before and stuff. And so I went with him, you know, some even back when I was married. And then after, you know, obviously I got divorced. Um, it's one of those things, you know, we all, you know, really don't pay attention as much to what's going on when everything's great, yeah. um, so to speak. But when things get bad, that's the first thing that we want to do is, you know, ask God to help us. Yeah. And so Aaron invited me to church and um, I went a little bit and then sometimes I wouldn't go. And then I went a little bit and then I wouldn't go. Uh, because when you're going through that, and especially for me personally, um, when you're going through something like that, it just affects you differently almost daily. Yeah. Um, you'll have, you know, decent days, and then some days you just don't feel like, it, you know, doing Getting anything. Getting out of bed, probably, exactly. sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, you know, going a little bit more. Um, great people at the church that uh, we go to. I mean, they, they couldn't make you feel more at home. Yes, uh, you're right about that. There's one lady that serves food there, and every single time she calls me, I mean, since I think the second time I went there, uh, she's called me by name, always come up, ask me how I'm doing. I mean, like, yeah. you seriously feel love there. Um, but not to get off topic, so I started going, and then, I mean, I could constantly feel, um, you know, God moving in the church and stuff, and then I kept on putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Um, and then after speaking with Aaron just more and more, um, picking up my Bible, actually reading it, and not just looking at it, collecting dust on the on the nightstand, and, and doing a little bit of soul searching, um, there was, I believe her name was it Haley? Yeah. Haley and uh, a guy that she was with, they, they did Haley a testimony. Haley and Brian, and we talked yeah, about Brian. them last week as well, yeah. They did a testimony, and I mean, it basically it just, it moved me, and it made me feel, you know, that it was just the right time to quit fighting it and really just go to the altar um, and ask God to forgive me and accept them. And, you know, it was a completely different experience um, from when I was younger, Um 
Because so just to clarify, so when yeah. you were younger, you mm-hmm. did think that you got saved at a younger age. Is that true? Yeah, I, I mean, I did. Um, and I still, I mean, definitely feel like I had a great relationship with God. Yeah. But the other religion that I was growing up, um, it was more so of don't do this, don't do that. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. It wasn't more right. of works versus... Yeah, it was kind of like either 100% or nothing, yeah. right? Where now, you know, what I believe is, you know, we're all trying our best to serve God as great as we can. We're That's all right. going to make mistakes, and there's going to be trials and, you know, tribulations along the way. But at the same time, we're just human. Yeah. Um, I make mistakes daily. I mean, that's something I feel like we all do, whether we like to admit it or not. And when I was growing up, that was one of those things that were looked at. We're like, oh, my goodness, you sinned. We're going to have to sit you down from the pulpit. You know, you're not going to be able to play the drums this week because you played a sport at school or something like that. It was it was crazy. It was like, hardcore, yeah. Yeah, looking back on it, it was very different. Yeah. Um. So going back to it, it's just, you know, I went to the altar. I prayed. I mean, I felt it's almost like a euphoric feeling, like you just <laughs> – you're so happy because you realize not just what you're doing, what you've done, just what you're accepting and the kind of lifestyle that you're wanting to, you know, pursue. And not just for you, uh, your loved ones, your kids, of course, um, just kind of showing them like, Hey, you know, if this is, you know, what you choose and stuff, this is how you do it. And Caden's asked me time and time again, like, especially us going to church more lately, uh, more about God and the questions and stuff like that. And we have a group chat with my family and it, it's the just, chat is awesome, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, that's really neat. I mean, it just it tickles me because, you know, every night before he goes to bed, he's telling everyone that he's praying for him and that they're in his thoughts, and he hopes, you know, God looks over him and everything like that. And that just wasn't something that was implemented in my family. Um, so that wasn't in his conversations before? Not at all. Yeah. Wow. No, no, not at all. Amen. And seeing him do that and just the little bit of time, you know, last few months and stuff that we've really – tried to make him have a relationship, you know, and let him see what he could do if you, you know, if he wants to and stuff like that. It's just, you can see such a difference and. And his wheels are turning. So it won't be long before, before he comes down and makes that commitment too. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. But you know, when you get saved and you have people like Aaron and Ashley, um, I talk to Ashley just as much as I do probably Aaron. I mean, they're they're sincere people that are genuine. They're good people, um, and at the same time, they're they're reliable. I mean, it's no question. I mean, I'm sure Aaron could probably testify that he has talked to me about the same thing more than once. That he's just like Donnie, get a grip. This is what it is, buddy. Tighten up, tighten, <laughs> tighten up. It's always tighten up. That or it's unsustainable. It's one of the two. <laughs> tighten up. So we're gonna get tightened up on the front and unsustainable yes. on the back. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> like there it. Go. Like it. Um, but no, definitely doing that. And then obviously with, uh, Aaron and then, you know, Pastor Derek and everything. Um, both of those guys, awesome guys, definitely leading me on the right way. Um, and it's just a different feeling. Um, I'm doing stuff not because I have to, but because I want to, because it's making you not just feel like a better person, but you know, you're doing the right things. And I think that that's a lot of what I had trouble with and like grasping was, you know, Religion at my age, you know, when I was younger, you know, as a young guy, it was more of just always worrying about your next steps or what you were doing because you were scared that if you were going to sin and if you were going to trip up. But it's more so like now I just try to do as best as I can. And at the end of the day, I think that's all that anybody can do. It's like before you felt like people were almost looking at your life under a microscope, waiting for you to trip up in a sense, right? And I've 
I've experienced that in church before too, but we're supposed to be there for each other and pick each other back up, right? And encourage and support because we're all going to make those mistakes. I mean, Ephesians 2, 8 says this, right? For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. And grace, right, is for the undeserving. It's for the undeserving. We're all undeserving. Um, I was listening to something this morning. It was another preacher, and he says, you know, over 2,000 years ago when Christ was, was hung on a cross at Calvary and his blood shed for the remission of our sins, he had us on his mind. We weren't even in the womb yet, but he had us on yeah. his mind. And that is the true definition of grace. We weren't even in the womb yet, but he knew that we would be here someday and we would need his grace. And we are so undeserving of it, but it's our faith in Jesus Christ that we get that undeserving grace. And I think that a lot of people, just as Donnie, you know, that's something that we all should remember. Yes, are you going to fall in this Christian walk? Are you going to mess up? Absolutely you are. You know, it's should we continue in sin? No. No, right? <laughs> but are you going to fall at times? Absolutely you are. But as long as you have put your full trust and faith in Jesus Christ and you have asked him into your heart, and you have repented of your sins, the Bible tells us that no man can pluck us out of the Father's hand. And that is that is so important to always remember that once you're a child of God, you're always a child of God. I will yeah. say this, though. I did notice, like, especially right after I got saved, it seemed like any kind of situation that the devil could try me, it would show up at my front door just <laughs> left yeah. and right. It would ride you you like a horse, man. I I mean, it it was just one thing after I would, everything be going great, and then, bam, something would happen. And I think that that, if I didn't have the faith that I had when I was younger and didn't have the understanding that that would have thrown me off, you know, to a different path, but knowing what I know and, you know, obviously having, you know, people like Ashley and Aaron and uh, Pastor Derek and stuff, you know, in my life to help make sure that I'm staying, you know, the path that I need to stay on is that he's always going to continuously try. And the main thing you got to do is just pray about it and keep the faith and just keep doing what you're doing. That's right. And I have to say, cause even Aaron and I, it seems like we will take, even in our ministry, since we've really been involved in church and in ministry, we take two steps forward and we feel like, yes, we have a victory. We had a soul saved. We had this going on. We, you know, we felt like the kids are paying attention and then we take three steps back. Something happens and you can't help but say, why, why does this keep happening? But you know, my mom told me this the other week and she said, you just need to thank God that that's happening because that means you're doing something right. And the devil's working really, really hard to stop it. Like the devil knows Donnie, he sees something in you and he's like, Oh, if he keeps going, I know he's going to do some amazing things for God. And he's trying to stop you any turn that he can, he can, because that's just what he does. It it is so true. Like it doesn't matter because it's, I know where it's coming from, and I'm glad the Lord gives me discernment about, um, you know, things that the devil try to throw in my way. But, you know, 
even after Donnie got saved and, and what a glorious day that was. And by the way, if you were at church that day, yeah, we um, have, we have not stopped talking I, about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I shouted glory yeah. and I have never done that before. So never have I done that before, but you know, you know, of course, Donnie knows, I know, and, and obviously the Lord knows, but the prayers that have been going out, uh, the conversations we've had, but you know, it was just, you know, the evidence of, the power in prayer, but what I'm getting at is even as glorious as that day was, the the devil's been on me too yeah. uh, about certain things. And you know, again, it doesn't matter what the details are because I don't want to give the devil the glory. But um, he, anytime you do something for the Lord, um, or the closer you get to the Lord, you better prepare yourself. But um, there's a difference uh, when the devil comes at you when you're a child of God versus versus not a Christian. And um, I would say, Donnie, that you could probably say that your discernment about those things or your ability to kind of fight off those temptations is probably a little bit different now. It is. And I mean, when you find yourself in those moments and stuff right now, too, I've just, I've realized, especially with what I'm going through, it's really about the people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. That's right. I mean, that's really what it boils down to because I've got friends that I've known. I'm, you know, from Jefferson that I could go and hang out with and it'd be a completely different conversation or a completely different environment yeah. than me hanging out with Ashley and Aaron and playing board games on a Friday <laughs> night. Right? Playing Dude Perfect, Dude perfect. on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, so, I Do mean, we want to tell everybody who won, uh, who had the most golden boys? Really? I, for, I forget. I don't remember who yeah, won. I think, who won? Was it Reese? Reese? No. Reese, did you win? No, I, won I won. <laughs> Whatever. Let's just set the record straight. Aaron did when he cut our game short. Yeah, it was a very short game because he ended up stealing everybody's golden gloves. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he stole them all. No, but I think that's very important is what you said to surround yourself with like-minded people who are going going to influence you the right way. Who do see the world with a spiritual lens. And I think that's what the Bible talks about when it says, do not forsake, you know, the gathering of the brethren. is It's to not forsake the fellowship of the brethren and to be and to be with like-minded people as you are. So, um, Yeah, and that reminds me of Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpeth iron, so a man sharpeth the countenance of his friend, right? And, you know, You've got to surround yourself with sound-minded people. And I'm not better than anybody else, right? But through Donnie's situation, I always pointed him towards the cross. And we talk about this all the time. And I said, man, I was trying not to beat you over the head with the bread of life. And he was like, dude, you beat me over the head with the bread of life. But <laughs> I continuously pointed Donnie towards the cross. And, that's, and at one point it became so repetitious that I said, Hey man, like, why don't you talk to pastor Derek? And I said, you should go talk to him. And I had no idea what they would talk about or what Derek, what kind of advice Derek would give him. But I knew that Derek was another sound minded, grounded in his faith person that Donnie could seek advice after. And it would be sound advice. And, Honestly, the iron was sharpening the iron throughout the whole process. And, you know, I think that that's very important that, you know, when you have friends or family members that are going through hard times, that sometimes if you don't know what to say or if you're kind of caught up in the situation of the drama too, the best thing you can do is just point them to the cross. Keep your own personal thoughts. 
keep your own personal preferences to yourself and just point them to the cross. Yeah, that's what really matters at the end of the day. Um, So, Donnie, do you have, before we close out here, do you have any advice you would give someone that may be going through a season like you're going through in their life that maybe they just got divorced or maybe they have lost, you know, someone close to them? Maybe some advice you could give them for dealing with these type of situations. For me, I feel like it's finding your people. Regardless Mm -hmm. of who they are, I feel like you need to find your people and make sure that those people have not just their life put together, but the best intentions for you, right? Yeah. Um, For me, like when I've went through the hardest times, it's always been, of course, you know, Aaron and Ashley, but then also my dad. Yeah. Um, Find people that you look up to and, you know, that you admire or you see, you know, that they're living the right way and stuff and everything that they're doing. And for me personally, I feel like that it's not so much as what you do, right? It's sticking with it because I felt, you know, I've, myself have done things and sit there and say, okay, I'll never, I'm not going to do that again. That didn't work, you know, going through all, you know, everything that I'm going through right now. And then a week later, I'm doing the same thing. So it's find not just some consistency, but finding your stable, you know, advice from whoever it's coming from um, and making sure that you don't beat yourself up too much. I myself, I do it all the time. You can't be too hard on yourself. Um, everyone goes through different struggles. Um, yeah. I've been through a ton myself, but at the end of the day, I feel like it's really, no matter if you have those people right now in your lives or not, find them. Um, go to a church, you know, talk to a pastor, whoever that might be. Talk to your best friend. Read the Bible. I mean, this one thing, you know, to always quote scriptures and, you know, to talk about the Bible. It's another thing when you actually break it out and read it. And that's the only way we're going to grow in our spiritual walk, as you said, is to actually read yeah. <laughs> the Bible. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like I said, just mainly find someone um, that can guide you and somebody that you look up to and somebody that you feel like is going to offer you the right advice. I like that. So, Aaron, we'll let you close us out with uh, what's the purpose for us doing this today, other than my co-host being sick and not able to record our normal episode? You know, I've... I think the purpose is, right, if you have a testimony, you need to share it. Um, We saw the power of Haley and Brian's testimony. um, And, uh, you know, ultimately through the conversations that Derek and I had uh, with Donnie, you know, over the years, I'm sure that there were seeds planted in that. and, And Donnie was seeking out the Lord himself, as he said, through reading his Bible, getting in the Scripture, but ultimately, those two testimonies is what led Donnie down to an altar of repentance and, you know, got him eternal salvation um, in heaven with with our Father, which is the most important thing. And, you know, if you have a testimony, you need to tell it. And as we were talking about this with Donnie and you know, I, I'm not going to go into details, but for Donnie to do this is a very big deal. Uh, for the people that listen to this and and know Donnie, that you'll find out that, or, or those people will tell you that Donnie is a very private person. Um, and, you know, for him to do this is a big deal. But it's like I told Donnie, I said, you know, Donnie, your testimony for what you've went through to where you are today I would be willing to say that there's somebody listening today 
that could be going through the same thing. And because of Donnie's testimony, um, it may lead them to the cross as well. You may say that I'm already a Christian. I'm already saved, right? But do you need to get back to the cross, right? There is forgiveness at the feet of Jesus. There is forgiveness that is in victory that is won at the altar. You think about the altar. It's a, it's a table or a meeting place with the Lord. It's a place of sacrifice. And when you go to the altar, you're, you're giving up your self-desires, you're giving up your pride, and you're just humbly bowing at Jesus' feet and saying, Lord, here I am, I need you. And I'm reminded um, of the story in, in Mark 5 where, where the demon-possessed man it's one of my favorite stories in the in the Bible, Legion here, and uh, the demon-possessed man, uh, Jesus comes on the scene, and, and he sends out his demons into a, a, a herd of pigs, and they go out into the ocean and die, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing here, and, and at the end of the story, uh, he gets on the ship with, with Jesus, and he says, hey, man, you healed me. You did for me what nobody else can do, and he says, I'm going to follow you, and Jesus tells him, He says, go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And the Bible says this, and it says he departed. This is the man that was healed by Jesus and began to publish in his hometown how great things Jesus had done for him. And this is my favorite part. And all men did marvel. And the purpose is and the challenge is if you have a testimony, tell it. If God graciously saved your soul, tell it. And I think about all the conversations that Donnie and I had, and I can think about numerous times where I just continuously told Donnie my testimony and how God saved my soul and how God's been working in our family and continually pointed him to the cross. So, you know, Donnie, I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do for you I'm looking forward to what he's going to do within your family. I think that five, ten years from now, we'll look back and say, holy cow. And we'll, we'll understand that God had a plan through all of this. And, man, I'm excited for you. And I'm after that, we'll you. have a Donnie Morales follow-up <laughs> podcast to check in and see how it's going, what, yeah. has, what has God been doing through you. Um, but I think the, the purpose and the challenge really went into the episode that we did last week. And it's just be bold in your faith. Be bold enough to tell everybody what Jesus has done for you. So thank everybody for listening today. I know it was a little bit different of an episode. Next week, we will have our normal episode continuing on in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 4. Make sure you read that to get a jump start on next week's episode. Remember, as always, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Peace out. Take care.